You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2018. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We depend a lot on light. Light is very important for our daily lives in all kinds of ways. I tried this morning to make my coffee without any light in the kitchen so I didn't wake anybody up. And I had to turn on a light because I couldn't do it. Or imagine driving down the road with no headlights, with no street lights, just the road and you on a dark night with no moon. How's that going to go for you? It might not go so well. Just saying. You got to watch out. We need the light to guide us on the road. Or think about going about your daily life and work without any light, without any sun. What would that be like? How would it go? It'd be pretty hard. Light can also have a significant effect on our emotions. I don't know how common this is in Florida, but up north where I'm from, I came from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we just moved a couple of years ago, people get something called seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, SAD for short. And it basically means you get sad in the winter when the light goes away, and in Pittsburgh it is so gray during the winter. So gray, you hardly ever see the sun. And so I didn't think I ever had a problem with this until I moved to Florida. And now I'm just bright and cheerful in the winter, and I I just don't know what's different about it. I, I think it has something to do with the sun. The sun light is so important for our lives. Beyond our moods, the lack of light can also allow evil to have its way. There's a reason why we put up security lights on our businesses and on our homes, Because when people are seeking to do bad things, 
they usually try to hide it. They don't want to get caught. And so when people do bad things, they try to do it in the darkness, in places where it's hidden, in places where they're more likely to get away with it. Or when a movie or a show has lots of violence or evil elements in it, we describe that movie by saying it was really dark. So it's not surprising then that God uses this image of light to describe the coming of his son when he speaks to the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus' birth. And this is what he says through Isaiah. He says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. So what is this darkness that Isaiah speaks of? Well, to answer that question, I'm going to uh, remind you of some words of one of my favorite Advent and Christmas hymns, which is Creator of the Stars of Night. And in the second verse of that hymn, it says, In sorrow that the ancient curse should doom to death a universe, you came, O Savior, to set free your own in glorious liberty. The curse that's spoken of here in this song is, of course, the curse of the fall. When we remember back to the very beginning, when God made everything that is, when he made the penguins and the giraffes, when he made the aardvarks and the fire ants, I don't know why he made fire ants, but he did. He also made Adam and Eve, and he made a beautiful garden for them to dwell in. And it was a place where he himself dwelled, where Adam and Eve could walk with him, could see him face to face, could be in wonderful relationship with their creator. And God told them they could eat anything in the garden. Any green plant was good for them, except for one tree. He said, that one's not good for you, so don't eat that one. So, of course, they eat the fruit. We all know this story. And that changes everything. They did the one thing God asked them not to do. But the the purpose of this fruit, the purpose of their temptation, was that Satan told them that they would be like God that they would be the the rulers of their own universe, the rulers of their own destiny, that they could take control for themselves, that they didn't need God, that God didn't really love them. And of course, that's a lie, but it's a lie they believed. And so they take the fruit and they eat it, and it changes humanity forever. This is what we think of as the first sin. So what is a sin? A sin is simply to miss the mark of God's best for us. God made everything. He made everything good. He designed everything. And so it stands to reason that if God made and designed everything and made and designed even you, that his plan for you would be the best plan you could ask for. But we keep trying to go our own way. And so when we miss the mark of God's best for us, that's what we call sin. And so when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and had this first sin, it brought a curse, a darkness on humanity from that time forward. And as a result of this curse, we're all broken. We're all in need of being fixed. We're all bent towards sin. We're all unable to save ourselves from drifting further and further away from God. And that, too, was the result of the first sin. Adam and Eve were no longer able to be in God's presence. They were no longer able to enjoy the closeness of that relationship that they once had with God. 
And that's what happens in our lives, too. When we go our own way, when we disobey God, when we don't do the things he's calling us to, we find ourselves separated from him. And he's the one thing that can bring us true happiness and fulfillment. So that puts us in a pretty difficult place. So this darkness spoken of by Isaiah is this darkness on humanity, a humanity no longer able to be in the presence of God as they were in the Garden of Eden. But it's also the darkness that each of us face in our own lives. It's the darkness that causes broken relationships and causes separation from the God who made us, the God who loves us. It's not a good place to be. But the beautiful thing is that God had a plan from the very first moment of that very first sin. We can see hints of it right in the third chapter of Genesis. He starts to tell what his plan is. And it's a plan that comes to its fullness in Jesus, thousands of years later. And here's the plan. Isaiah tells us what the plan is too. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. So God's plan is a baby? Think about strife in the world. Think about conflict between warring nations. If we could just send a baby to North and South Korea, it would probably just fix everything, right? It seems ludicrous, but that's God's plan. God's plan is to send a baby. And this brings us to another verse of that, that old hymn, Creator of the Stars of Night. When this old world drew on toward night, you came but not in splendor bright, not as a monarch, but a child of blessed Mary, mother mild. Yes, God's plan is a baby, but not just any baby. This baby is God's own son. This baby is God himself. And so Isaiah goes on to describe this baby, this one who is to come, and calls him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is who that baby is to become. This is who that baby already was from the beginning of time, from before the world began. This is the baby who, by his own word, brought everything that is into existence. He is God himself. And God takes on human flesh. He becomes one of us so that he can save us. Imagine an artist for a moment. I don't know if any of you are artists. Maybe you've been a, a painter or photographer or something like that. But think about a, a, a beautiful painting that the artist is, is making. And then all of a sudden, something goes terribly wrong. Not of their own fault. The painting just sort of takes on a life of its own and goes awry. So, of course, that artist is just going to, you know, jump into the painting and fix things, right? Well, no, not in our humanness, but that's exactly what God does. He enters into his own creation. He takes on the same flesh and blood that we have, not ceasing to be God, but taking on our humanity so that he can save us. Jesus himself took on human flesh so that he could save us. He became one of us so that he could bear our sin on the cross as our perfect representative, the one person who could ever do it. Jesus never gave in to sin. 
He faced all the same temptations and struggles and darkness that we face. But he remained steadfast to God the Father through all of it. And because of that, he was able to offer himself in our place so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could have our relationship with him restored. So if Jesus is this one who was to come, this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, why have we not yet experienced the everlasting peace that Isaiah promises? He says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. But when you look on the news, I don't know if you watched the news today or yesterday or the day before, there's always darkness on the news. There's always strife and controversy. There's always war. There's always shootings and killings. This world still seems like a really dark place sometimes. Maybe even a lot of the time. There's still so much darkness in the world. So is Jesus' promise coming true? Well, yes, I think actually it is. Surprise there. When we look in the Gospel of John, Jesus says this about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When Jesus says, whoever follows me, he's talking about individuals. Jesus isn't pushy. He doesn't force anyone to accept his light, but he offers it as a gift. When Jesus came 2,000 years ago, he could have just switched the floodlights on and brought light everywhere. He could have flooded the world with peace. He could have put an end to war. He could have stopped everything. He has that power. But that's not what he did because he's not pushy. And he wants each of us to accept the gift that he's holding out towards us. The gift of his light. And he says that he is the light of the world and whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so in another gospel, in Matthew, we hear Jesus say, say that you are the light of the world. And that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So instead of turning on that blinding floodlight, he decided instead to bring his light to one individual at a time. It's almost like a room full of people holding candles, and one candle gets lit after another, and then all of a sudden the room is, is full of a warm glow. Spoiler alert, this might be happening later in the service tonight. But as it does happen later in the service tonight, that's what I want you to be thinking of. I want you to be thinking of this light of Christ that starts with this child, this baby Jesus. Jesus left his heavenly glory. He left the majesty, the angels serving him day and night, so that he could be born into a poor family with an unwed mother. And there was not, not even a bed to lay him in. And so they put him in a cattle trough. He chose poverty. He chose to become poor for our sake so that we might become rich. It's an amazing thing. 
So have you received this light, or are you still walking in darkness? Jesus wants to shine his light on everything in our lives. He wants to transform us and change us and help us to be the people he created us to be. And this is a free gift that he offers to you, and it's always available. It's always on the table. It never goes away. And all you have to do to accept his offer is say three things. I'm sorry, thank you, and please. I'm sorry for the ways that I haven't lived up to what you've called me to. I'm sorry for the ways I've turned away from you and tried to be my own God. Thank you for coming into the world and taking on human flesh. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Would you please come into my life? Would you please change me? Would you please give me the power to do the things you're calling me to do? It's as simple as that. It's a free gift. We call it grace. And if you've never prayed a prayer like that, I'd love it if you would do that. You can do it now. You can do it with me later. You can do it with the person who brought you. It doesn't matter where or when you do it. What matters is that you truly, genuinely put your hands, your life, in Jesus' hands and accept the offer that he's given you. Despite the slow growth of this light, there has been a steady increase of it throughout the years. And more and more people walk in the light of Christ each and every day. But the really, truly amazing thing is that all of history, even now, is building towards a final culmination. It's like a a wonderful movie that just keeps drawing you on further and further until that moment at the end when it all comes together. And for us, that moment is when Jesus returns and he sets everything right. And what Revelations promises us at the very end of the Bible is that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And the old things will pass away. God's going to fix everything that's broken. He's going to set it all the way it was supposed to be in the first place. And he also promises that there will be a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to earth, uniting heaven and earth, uniting God and his people. God himself is going to dwell with his people just like it was in the very beginning. And then this is what it says. It says, I saw no temple in that city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light will nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. God is making all things new. He's brightening the world one life, one light at a time. He's calling out your name. He's drawing you home to him. Will you accept this wonderful Christmas gift? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. We thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to give up your heavenly dwelling, to come to earth and to live as us, living without sin so you could take our place. We pray, Lord, that you would give us the light that you offer us, that you would use us to brighten this world, and that you would draw us all towards that final fulfillment in that heavenly country where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more crying but life eternal, where you are the light, 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org slash sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.